Network. It's time for the setup. The fastest hour in sports talk here on The Ticket. Here are your hosts, Cade Carlton and Andrew Bowen. All right, welcome in here on a Friday edition of the show here on the Ticket Radio Network. This Friday, June 17th, 2022 edition of the show. Kate Carlton, along with Will Oswalt, filling in for Andrew Bowen today. Uh, find us on 953theticket.com, streaming through the TuneIn app by searching for KDA. You can also find us. Uh, on Facebook and Twitter at the Ticket Radio, Instagram it's the Ticket Radio Network, where you can find us there. Uh, coming up on the show today, we'll uh, recap the NBA Finals uh, from last night. Uh, College World Series action already underway, uh, so we'll touch on that. Some MLB, some U.S. Open. Um, and we're also going to bring you uh, our conversation with Curtis Wilkerson from earlier in the week, uh, where he kind of caught us up on what happened for Arkansas baseball last weekend in North Carolina, and then sets the scene for this weekend as they begin play tomorrow in the College World Series. But first... Will Oswalt will get us caught up on some headlines. Well, we had a few a moment ago, but uh, we'll bring them back to you from Plaza Tire Service. No Yachty in Beantown, the Cardinal Hall of Fame catcher to be, headed for the IL on the IL as of this morning, the 10-day version, due to continued uh, problems with his right knee, inflammation in that right knee. The Athletic reporting late last night, Cardinals may be looking at what they call several weeks without Yachty Mo. so Andrew Kisner will get the start tonight behind the plate for Adam Wainwright. They face Michael Waka in the Red Sox at Fenway Park. Ivan Herrera recalled from the Memphis Redbirds for his second stint with the parent club this year. First pitch at 6-10 tonight and the pregame at 5-15 on 95-9 the Wolves. Speaking of the Redbirds, Corey Dickerson on a rehab last night in Memphis uh, from St. Louis. One for three with a mammoth Solo homer in the third that hit the right field concourse on one hop and bounced completely out of AutoZone Park. Memphis jumped out 7-0, held on to beat Nashville 7-6. Game four tonight at 7:05. Speaking of baseball, College World Series, the men's version underway. And uh, Texas A&M has gotten back in the game. Um, with three already in the bottom of the second. Wow. But... They're still five behind as OU jumped out one in the first and seven in the second to take an 8-0 lead. OU has just uh, hammered a three-run homer to get on the board. It's 8-3 and um, still batting in the uh, now in the top of the third. Oklahoma's back at the plate now. Jackson Nicholas is at the plate for the Sooners. That's right. Nicholas spelled the same, but don't know if he's related to the Golden Bear. And other stuff, uh, of course, a big evening at First National Bank Arena this evening, the celebration of life for former A-State football coach and AD Larry Lacewell. Doors open at 5.30, 6.30. The events uh, will begin. It's open to the public. If you can't make it, it'll be streamed on the A-State Athletics Facebook page. Uh, Coach Lacewell passing away exactly a month ago today at the age of 85. And, uh, by the way, back to the Commons World Series, of course, the men's version 
Hogs and Stanford tomorrow at 1. Auburn Ole Miss at 6. The winners play at 6 o'clock Monday. The losers play in an elimination game Monday at 1. And in the U.S. Open, uh, right now a tie for the lead at Brookline Callum Tarrant of England and David Lingmurth, the former Razorback. Both one under for the day, both four under th- for the moment. Uh, Lingmurth through seven. Tarrant uh, has made the turn at uh, minus four for the tournament. They lead Nick Hardy, Scotty Scheffler, Colin Morikawa, John Rahm, Brian Harmon, Joel Dahman, all by one stroke. Hardy and Scheffler in the clubhouse after finishing their second rounds. The projected cut, minus four, or plus four right now. Plus four, and there's some big names that yeah. aren't going to make it. Yeah. One in particular. Uh, <laughs> one of those is... Mr. Live Golf himself, Phil Mickelson. Yes, 52 years plus one day old. Shot uh, three over today. Uh, five bogeys, two birdies on the scorecard. He finished the tournament at 11 over. Uh, just hate to see it. Uh, Phil Mickelson not making the cut at uh, at the U.S. Open at 11 over. Um, Who's Tyson? Yeah, Jim Furyk didn't make it. it. Um, 69. 69 today, but... 77 yesterday. That's not going to help you. Uh, Kevin Nahn, Tony Finau, Kevin Kisner, uh, among some of the notables that aren't going to uh, to make the cut as well in the uh, in the U.S. Open. There are a lot of notable guys uh, around even or one or two over par uh, in, in this tournament as well. I would venture to guess that lead is going to stay at three under and probably drop down from there as the weekend uh, goes on in in Brookline. It did look like yesterday when we opened up play, there were going to be some birdie and scoring opportunities uh, for for the guys of the field, but today it is playing uh, significantly uh, much more tougher than it was uh, yesterday. So it'll be interesting to see how that finishes out. Uh, the odds-on favorite, Roy McElroy, right now. One over for the day, two under for the tournament. He is currently four off of uh, Callum Terran for the lead this afternoon at uh, Brookline. So uh, we'll keep you updated on that as we go throughout the course of the show today. Um, among the live guys, let's see, Dustin Johnson finished the day at three over, so he's now one over for the tournament. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau finished the day at one over, so he's now two over for the tournament. So those guys going to make the weekend cut, um, but... We'll see if they are in contention at all coming up on uh, Sunday afternoon. Uh, Coming up tonight at First National Bank Arena, it is the uh, Larry Lacewell Memorial Service uh, tonight. Doors open at 5.30. The... uh, it starts up at 6.30. Going to be a lot of former players, coaches, and people uh, from both A-State and the Cowboys and all of his different stops here uh, tonight. Uh, Also some, you know, people that have delivered video messages and all of that. So I'm sure it's going going to be a lot of uh, really, really fun uh, (laughs) stories about Larry Lacewell and his life uh, tonight at First National Bank Arena. So uh, it, it... is something that appears it's going to be more of a celebration than oh, anything. Yes. Uh, so I'm sure a lot of good uh, good stories and a lot of laughs will come out of that uh, tonight at First National Bank uh, Arena. So again, that starts up at 6.30. Doors open at 5.30. I do believe it is being um, 
live streamed. Yes, ASU by, Athletics Facebook yeah, page. A State Athletics over on Facebook. So uh, if you can't make it out, you can find the live stream uh, via A State Athletics over on uh, over on Facebook. So that is uh, going on tonight at First National Bank Arena. Uh, last night. We had uh, the final game of the NBA Finals going on. It was Game 6 up in Boston as the Warriors won 103-90 to over the Celtics. Um, it was a little bit of a, a bloodbath, per se, at the half. Uh, then in the third, the Celtics went on like a 15-2 to run at some point and kind of made it interesting there because, uh, again, it felt like for a while – you know, just trading shots, going back and forth, trading shots. Then the Celtics, they go on that big 15-2 run. They get it to single digits, make it interesting. And for a while, um, kind of thought like, hey, maybe they can come back and win this thing uh, and force a game seven because that is what it looked like when they cut it to like six or seven, whatever it was there in the third quarter. Uh, but Golden State was not going to be denied last night. Uh, by the time we got to the end of the third quarter, they had already you know, gotten the lead back up uh, to close to, to double digits and wound up winning the game last night. Um, if there was ever any doubt as to who was going to win the finals MVP out of this series, uh, Steph Curry Curry kind of put that to uh, to rest last night with his performance. Uh, made that big three there in the third, which I think put the Warriors back up double digits after Boston kind of cut it close there and then pointed to the ring finger uh, after making the three. So he had 34-7-7 and last night off of six makes uh, from deep. And there was zero doubt who was going to get the finals MVP after uh, that game went final last night. So... Uh, Curry with a great game last night for uh, for Golden State. And then also, Draymond Green made two threes, so uh, you knew it was kind of over. If Draymond Green's going to be making threes, then you know the, the game is over because the Warriors are like 20... I think the number finished at 24-1 and one on the year or something crazy whenever Draymond Green makes a three in a game. Just one three in a game. Uh, the Warriors are like 24 and one on uh, on the year, so knew that uh, it was probably going to uh, to go their way with how Draymond Green played and how Steph Curry played. Draymond was only two assists away uh, from recording a uh, a triple double last night in 42 minutes uh, played, and then also got uh, you know big games from Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole as as well. the The Andrew Wiggins story, regardless of if you like the Warriors or hate the Warriors, the Andrew Wiggins story is uh, is a pretty cool story. Uh, to see him get a uh, to see him get a ring, you know that was a signing that everyone kind of criticized in in the off season. Uh, the Warriors signing Andrew Wiggins, who you know when he was at um, when he was at Minnesota was okay, but was not living up to the hype of where he was picked in the draft. Uh, the Warriors signed up a couple of years ago. Everyone kind of criticized the move from. Uh, from Golden State after they signed him to a you know a long a long term deal after acquiring him in a trade and he makes an All Star game this year and becomes an NBA champion this year for the Warriors that was a pretty cool story uh, to see wrap up last night as uh, the Warriors won one hundred three to ninety so now it's going to be a long long summer of hearing the same storylines uh, I'm sure. Questions will linger about whether or not the Warriors can win more titles or if this is the last ride, uh, whether they have a few years left or not. Uh, you would think they probably do, considering how um, 
they do have a lot of young pieces. Jordan Poole is young. Uh, Andrew Wiggins is young. Uh, Otto Porter Jr. is young. Gary Payton, Kevon Looney. A lot of your different role players uh, on this year's team are younger guys. And so you would think the Warriors are still going to have a few more years uh, of this run left in them after uh, after this season is, uh, is concluded. And also, everyone's going to talk about will the Celtics get back to this point. Uh, you would think with... Tatum and Brown being as young as they are and the Celtics core being as young as they are uh, that they will get back to this point. They did open up as the second odds-on favorites to win the NBA championship uh, next year. Warriors already opened up as favorites. Celtics second and the Nets are third uh, in the odds-on favorites to win the NBA title uh, next year as as well. So, uh, a series that was not just extremely compelling or too interesting uh, comes to an end last night, uh, but it was, yeah, you know, I think well warranted, regardless of if you like Steph Curry or not, uh, that he won Finals MVP. Um, kind of hard to believe that he has now four rings. That was his first Finals MVP award, uh, but obviously for what he did in this series, that was a well warranted thing. So that uh, ends the NBA season and now begins the. Best part of the NBA season. It's the off season where chaos and craziness always, always happen. So that'll be fun to monitor and watch over uh, the course of the summer. Right now, we're going to take a timeout. We'll come back. Uh, we'll touch a little bit more on this and then shift gears to the College World Series, which is underway right now. Next on the ticket. We're not ready to go to the closer just yet. More of the setup coming up next on the Ticket Radio Network. Quick Lane in Jonesboro is your one-stop shop for tires, brakes, and alignments. Quick Lane is the home of buy three, get one free on tires and oil changes. With tires starting as low as $59 and the everyday low oil change price of $34.99. Plus, financing options are available. At Quick Lane, we also do brakes and alignments for all makes and models. Your one-stop shop for tires, brakes, alignments, and oil changes is Quick Lane. At the corner of Caraway and Highland, next to Tommy's Car Wash. Or call 870-934-1907. Nebo Auto Center, Northeast Arkansas's original new car alternative is now celebrating its 20th year. And now is the perfect time to swing by their all-new location, just a quarter mile south of the old one on Stadium Boulevard. If you're in the market for a late model, low mileage car, truck, or SUV, Nebo has a well-stocked lot of vehicles that fit almost any budget. Visit NeboAuto.com and see them at their new location at 3910 Stadium Boulevard, just south of the bypass. And look for the red roof. We go Nebo. Eric works at NEA Construction. I love coming to work, and I don't even set my alarm to go to work. Like, I look forward to coming to work, and I don't want to miss work because it's just a good place to come. Northeast Arkansas Construction is hiring to build the future, building out the region's fiber optic network to connect to the world. Eric, do you feel like there's a good future here for you at NEA Construction? Oh, yes, yes. A lot of room to grow in this company. That's where I came in. The more experience you have, the better off you're going to be. NEA Construction takes pride in being Arkansas's leading fiber optic construction company. Join our great work environment with state-of-the-art equipment, full training, fully paid health insurance, and paid vacation, all at industry-leading hourly pay. Call 870-972-8565 or visit nearkansasconstruction.com. 
Northeast Arkansas Construction. We make a difference. Equal opportunity employer. The red, white, and blue color run is returning to Joe Mac Campbell Park Monday morning, July 4th at 9 o'clock. Cost is just $10 per person with registration beginning at 8 a.m. And part of the proceeds go to the United Way of Northeast Arkansas. Walk or run. This is an untimed race that's fun for the whole family as you'll get doused with patriotic colored powder. It's the red, white, and blue color run. Part of Fourth Fest 2022. Registration at 8 a.m. with the race starting at 9, July 4th at Joe Matt Campbell Park. I'll be honest, the first few months were tough. When I left the military, I was excited for a fresh start, but civilian life has been harder than I thought it would be. Figuring out a new career while also being a good mom, wife, and friend. Some days I'm barely keeping my head above water. And with the transition and everything I'm juggling, I'm spread too thin. I finally realized that it's hurting my mental health. To get back to enjoying life again, I needed to get help. Opening up to someone was a big step for me. I I saw that I'm not alone and that there are tools to help me overcome what I'm going through. With support, I feel like I'm heading in the right direction. Discover how other women veterans like me have learned to thrive after military service by taking care of themselves and their mental health. Visit maketheconnection.net slash women veterans. In times of fear, World Vision is there for the most vulnerable. For the last 70 years, we've been standing with kids and families through natural disasters, war, and disease, delivering life-saving aid and helping rebuild lives. And with every act of courage, faith, and love, we do more than just stop the spread of fear. We replace it with hope. Learn more at worldvision.org. We're always rooting for overtime round here. Now let's get back to the setup. All right, welcome back as we continue along on a Friday edition of the show here on the Ticket Radio Network. Um, so the Warriors won the NBA Finals last night. That's all fine and well. But after the game, Clay Thompson had his whole media availability session. And unprompted, uh, kind of went at a Memphis Grizzly. Uh, so apparently after the Grizzlies defeated the Warriors back in March, uh, I don't know if it was in Memphis or in San Francisco, whatever. It was a regular season game in like mid-March. And Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, tweeted out strength in numbers. That's all he said, which is strength in numbers. And so after the game last night, Clay Thompson unprompted um, brought it up and called Jaron Jackson a bum and uh, was was not very happy about it. He went on like a minute, minute and a half rant, uh, and he said it really ticked him off, and he couldn't wait to retweet that thing because Jaron Jackson is a freaking bum. So that was Clay Thompson's quote last night. It is like just incredible that you can go and win an NBA championship and be on top of the world and... Uh, for the fourth time in your career, and while you're in the midst of being on top of the world, 
the Memphis Grizzlies are still living rent free in your head. Uh, so I thought that was uh, oh boy, I thought that was some sort of some sort of crazy. Uh, John Morant has already tweeted out and said got a lot of real estate today, um, and so he is he has said something about it. I don't think Jaron has tweeted out and said anything yet. Uh, let's see. Um, no, uh, Jaron's mentions though are. Uh, are pretty crazy, but Jaron actually hasn't tweeted anything about it. So, uh, yeah, Clay Thompson made it the point of emphasis last night after the Warriors won to uh, to call out the Memphis Grizzlies. <laughs> so, uh, I am all for that. I am all for that turning into a little bit of a rivalry. Um, the series this year was a lot of fun. I think it would have been even more fun if John Morant didn't get hurt. Yes, so true. <laughs> I um I am all for Grizzlies Warriors turning into a rivalry for the next uh, few years in the NBA because it has every indication that it is it is going to do just that. Uh, sparked maybe by some comments from from Clay Thompson last night, so uh, that'll be interesting to follow when the NBA season starts up next year. Um, going on right now, we have College World Series action. First game underway at Omaha. A um, and M could not have gotten off to a much Worst start. Um, Oklahoma played one in the first. They're up one nothing. Whatever. Then they played seven in the top of the second to go up eight to nothing. A uh, and M was able to get three in the bottom of the second, but it's still a five run game. Eight to three. Oklahoma leads it over uh, Texas A and M in game one. Yeah. Of uh, the College World Series. Um, the the odds on favorites kind of surprised me a little bit. I figured Oklahoma would probably be. The uh, the most favored team to win. Um, Texas, when I looked this morning, was actually the leader at plus 425 in terms of favorites to win. And then Arkansas was plus 450 right behind okay. Texas. So uh, Texas and Arkansas, I guess, opened as the two favorites to win in Omaha this weekend. Um, but like, it wasn't like there was any long shots. A&M was, was, the, was last in the uh, favorites list at plus 700. So... Uh, there wasn't any just like crazy long shots. They were all kind of close together there because, like, legitimately, I have no idea who's going to win this. It does feel a little bit more wide open this year than it has um, in in a while, which is going to make for uh, some exciting uh, baseball throughout the course of the weekend in in Omaha. So I'm looking forward to uh, to sitting down and watching some some baseball this weekend. Obviously, first game underway right now, and then after uh, Notre Dame or after. Texas A&M in Oklahoma. Uh, Notre Dame in Texas tonight at 6 o'clock. And then tomorrow you get Arkansas and Stanford at 1 and Ole Miss and Auburn at uh, 6 o'clock tomorrow night. So that should be uh, fun stuff to uh, to to keep tabs on throughout the course of the weekend. Also fun to keep tabs on. There is a Twitter account. It's called CWS Shotboard. There is a bar right next to the stadium in Omaha called Rocco's. Okay. And so Rocco's has $4.50 jello shots, which, Ooh. by the way, is too expensive for a jello God, shot. I've never had a shot so, like um, that, so I, I wouldn't know. I don't yeah. take your word for it. But they have a jello shot challenge. So oh, they have okay. this big whiteboard where they have each team listed and the number of jello shots that their fans have bought up. Uh, Notre Dame and Stanford, in the last update I have seen, have combined for 10. Notre Dame has 7. Stanford has 3. Uh, Auburn at 65. Arkansas at 62. And then A&M at 59. So 
it's uh, it's a close race between the SEC schools right now of uh, Arkansas, Auburn, and Texas A&M for your uh, Jello Shot Challenge uh, champion at Rocco's in Omaha. That may be even more interesting than the actual baseball. Let's keep it up with the Jello Shot Challenge at. Uh, at Rocco's across the way from the stadium in uh, in Omaha this weekend. Um, just kind of looking around at what people are predicting for tomorrow. Arkansas and Stanford is pretty much kind of a pick em. Um Depending on where you look, uh, there have been, you know, I've seen different people pick Stanford, different people pick Arkansas, and so they're kind of split on uh, the Arkansas-Stanford matchup. Um, I'm really interested to see how that turns out. Um Stanford is, you know, a pretty good slugging team, but not the best pitching team in the world. So it'll be interesting to see if uh, if Arkansas can get their bats going in uh, in that one in what is kind of a toss up game. Also, uh, look today just out of curiosity, the ticket prices actually aren't terrible for Omaha. Okay, uh, some of those super regionals were were a little. Like the Hattiesburg Regional, yes, where it was four hundred. Oh, I, um, I saw bigger than that. I thought uh, <laughs> the some of the other super regionals they were they were kind of pricey, um, but I think game one today started at like seventy dollars. Game two was ninety dollars. So uh, if you're just going to a single game, it's not bad. Now, obviously, if you're going to more than one game, it kind of adds up. Certainly, but, yeah. Uh, just the single game prices are not terrible in Omaha this weekend. Uh, again, game one started at like $70 or something like that on resale this morning. So, uh, thought that was, uh, thought that was interesting as, uh, as well. So, uh, College World Series going on this weekend in, uh, in Omaha and undoubtedly will be, uh, some, some fun baseball being played. Um, at last check, it's still eight to three. Uh, Oklahoma over Texas A&M. They're in the bottom of the third uh, over on uh, ESPN in that one. So that's going on right now. We also have U.S. Open golf going on uh, right now, as there are now two at four under par. David, David Lingmurth is uh, four under, just birdied on uh, seven. Uh, Callum Terran is four under. He has strung together three straight pars. So. Those two are at the top of the uh, U.S. Open leaderboard right now. Uh, Colin Morikawa is two under on today. He's three under uh, for for the weekend. One off John Rahm, two under on the day, three under for the weekend as uh, as well. So uh, some some big names starting to creep into the top of that leaderboard. Been a tough day, however, for odds on favorite Roy McIlroy, who is two over for the day, one under uh, for for the tournament right now. So uh, we'll certainly keep tabs on that uh, throughout the course of the show today. Right now, we're going to take a timeout. Uh, we'll come back. We'll replay our visit with uh, Curtis Wilkerson from earlier in the week who gave us a a primer on what happened last weekend in Chapel Hill and what is uh, set to come this weekend in Omaha for Arkansas. So that's coming up after this on the ticket. Terra's icing down. Bobo's in the pen. But Kate and Andrew are dealing. Play ball. The setup continues right after this on the Ticket Radio Network. That's baseball. So before you hit the campground, the lake, or any other getaway, be sure you stop by Mr. T's. Because at Mr. T's, hot weather still means the coldest beers at the absolute best prices. And with more than 200 beer selections from all around the world, they're sure to have what you're looking for at Mr. T's. So whether it's across those Kahlua-colored waters at Riverside or in the curve at Red Onion, stop by and see why 365 days a year, it's always worth the drive to Mr. T's. And as always, Mr. T's reminds you to drink responsibly. Mr. T's. 
There are big Father's Day savings this week at Food Smart, where you get all items at cost, plus 10% at checkout. Get USDA select T-Bone Steak Value Packs for $5.97 a pound. Baby Back Pork Ribs, $3.33 a pound. Sanderson Farms Fresh Chicken Drumsticks or Thigh Value Packs, $1.14 a pound. And 12 packs of Pepsi products are three for $10.88 when you buy three or more. Be smart. Shop Food Smart. Now open in Jonesboro and the two former Hayes Supermarkets locations on Nettleton and on G Street. You've been told banks with branches don't have the digital capabilities you need. But why not have the best of both worlds? At First National Bank, we have all the online banking tools you could ever need. Plus, if you need something, we have real people in real places near you. Digital, with branches and real people. We know you can't be everywhere at once, but we can be anywhere you are. Check it, snap it, track it, pay it, move it, and ask it anywhere. First National Bank, putting you first, always. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. Call Central Chevrolet today and schedule your service appointment. Don't keep putting it off. Central Chevrolet's service department is even open on Saturdays. Whether you need an oil change, a tire rotation, wheel alignment, brake service, battery inspection, or engine repair, you can count on the service team at Central Chevrolet. Next time your vehicle needs maintenance, remember Central Chevrolet. Professional, convenient, reliable. Schedule your service today on Stadium in Jonesboro or online at centralchevrolet.com. Part of being a homeowner is taking care of your trees. And while there's a lot of jobs that you might be able to perform around your house, tree trimming and tree removal are not recommended. You need the professionals at MK Elite Tree Services. Call today for a free quote. 870-664-1535. That's 870-664-1535. And visit MK Elite Tree Services on Facebook. No tree too big, no job too small. They do them all at MK Elite Elite Tree Services. Do you have significant manufacturing experience? In addition to offering weekend shifts with 40 hours paid for 36 hours work and seasonal shift incentives with bigger bonuses and increased starting pay, Linux Industries in Stuttgart is now hiring individuals with significant manufacturing experience at above their current entry-level rate. Experienced individuals can start at $16.15 an hour for the first shift and $16.90 for a second shift at Linux. Linux also offers excellent benefits including full medical and a free on-site clinic for employees and their families and work inside an air-conditioned factory. Bigger bonuses and increased starting pay for seasonal shifts, weekend shifts that pay 40 hours for 36 hours work, and now starting pay above current entry-level rates for individuals with significant manufacturing experience. Come join the Linux team, the leading HVAC company in America. Call 870-672-8161 or apply online at linuxinternational.com careers. Linux Industries is an equal opportunity employer. Take time to exercise. Focus on your emotional needs and your loved ones. If you need help, visit MethodistFamily.org. For over 120 years, MFH has been your community resource for a complete continuum of care. This message is sponsored by Methodist Family Health and aired in cooperation with this station and the Arkansas Broadcasters Association. It's the fastest hour in sports talk. Now back to the setup on the Ticket Radio Network. Hi, welcome back on the setup as we continue along on a Friday edition of the show here on the ticket. Uh, College World Series action is underway this weekend in Omaha. Game one underway right now. A couple of games today and then tomorrow, 
To start things off at 1 o'clock, Arkansas will be taking on Stanford in their first game in the NCAA tournament. They're coming off of a big weekend in Chapel Hill, taking two from North Carolina. Earlier in the week, uh, we caught up with our friend Curtis Wilkerson over at hogsports.com, and he started by giving us just a general recap of what he thought uh, Arkansas did well in uh, that weekend Super Regional in Chapel Hill. Well, I tell you what, it looks like this Arkansas team might be hitting its stride at the right time. Uh, you know, I, I think two things really stood out to me this weekend. Uh, first was the starting pitching for Arkansas. You know, when, when they were on their roll early in the season and, and, you know, consistently a top five ranked team in the country, that starting rotation really carried them. And uh, it's a little bit of a different look now, but they're starting to get some of that production back. And, and that really sets the tone for this group. Uh, Connor Nolan's been phenomenal. You know, he looked like he maybe was hitting a little bit of a wall, battling some fatigue towards the end of the season. Uh, you know, he was great in the regional uh, against Grand Canyon. And the super regional, he comes out and, and pitches into the seventh inning again and really held that North Carolina squad at bay. They hadn't been shut out uh, beyond six innings the entire season, and Nolan was able to do that. And when you get that out of your game one guy, it just puts you in a great position with your bullpen and it really lines everything up the rest of the way. Uh, but then after that, it, it's crazy. You know, you, you've had Hagen Smith and, and Jackson Wiggins, these two guys who have been starting for you all year. Uh, and Arkansas goes with Will McIntyre in game two. It, it, it's wild if you think about his story, uh, a guy that wasn't pitching much at all. Uh, then all of a sudden he was, you know, he was serviceable as a midweek guy. Then he's getting some long relief looks towards the end of the season on the weekends. All of a sudden, he's your game two starter in a super yeah. regional. He throws five and two thirds scoreless uh, against North Carolina. So a terrific job by him. Uh, so yeah, I mean the, the starting pitching, and then if you think about the offense um, all year, you know how talented this Razorback lineup is, but they just struggled uh, to string together timely hits and, and hit with runners in scoring position. And, and since the postseason began. Uh, you've seen that narrative start to flip. They've been getting a lot of two-out hits and RBIs. Uh, and when you can combine that with, with tough starting pitching, they're pitching a pretty good spot. And, and here they are headed back to Omaha. You mentioned Will McIntyre, and I think that is a, a fascinating story because it does feel like, you know, any time, uh, you know, he was giving up hits, he was giving up runs anytime he came in. For a stretch there, I mean, the Oklahoma State game, he goes five and a third and gives up three earned runs. Um, and before that, I mean, most of his lengthier starts come in your midweek game. So it's kind of fascinating for him to get the call in game two and go five and two thirds and only give up three hits and no earned runs. I mean, it's just a really, really wild story. Yeah, I mean, it really is. It's interesting to see the way he's progressed. And, you know, at the end of the day, I, if I'm, you know, trying to get inside Dave Van Horn's mind, if that's even possible, you, you probably look at the way the season ended for the Razorbacks, and even though they won that regional in Stillwater, uh, the, the pitching, uh, obviously, if you take a look at the final scores, is a bit of an issue outside of that last game. And part of it was Arkansas had a hard time throwing strikes and, and getting the ball over the plate. There were a lot of free passes, uh, hit batters. Will McIntyre is a strike thrower. That's one thing you can say about him for sure. Uh, and, and, you know, he's been filling up the zone and trusting what's a really good defense behind him. Uh, and I think that's the difference. You know, you've got the immense arm talent mentioned guys like Wiggins and, and Hagen Smith, uh, who've seen an adjustment in their roles. You know, McIntyre might not have that kind of stuff, uh, 
but he knows how to pitch and he knows how to throw strikes. That's what Arkansas needed. They needed some length and some innings. Uh, and, you know, not only has he been able to provide that, he's steadily gotten better in, in terms of keeping runs off the board as well. So uh, really, rarely do you see a guy turn it on this late in the season become such a valuable weapon. Uh, but, hey, if you're an Arkansas fan, you absolutely take it. you got to feel pretty good about where you stand, you know, heading into the weekend. It was uh, definitely interesting how the the Sunday game went. Obviously, you had the, the lightning delay and all of that. But, you know, North Carolina gets one in the top of the ninth, and you kind of feel like maybe they're in the driver's seat and they're going to force a uh, force a game three. And then in the ninth, it's uh, Brady Slavens that, that plays hero and gives Arkansas the game-winning run and gives them a really cool celebration in the dugout. And that was a, a pretty cool moment to see uh, to see Brady Slavin's game-winning single in that game, too. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's just something that's been a little bit different about this Razorback team since they hit the, the postseason, you know, throughout the course of the year. Uh, one of the things that was asked about this team is if they had that killer instinct uh, in them, you know, it's it's kind of part of that championship DNA that you see in a lot of teams. And there are some times where they looked a little bit disinterested throughout the course of the year, you know, full disclosure. But it seems like a switch has flipped there, uh, and and these guys aren't defeated. They're able to take some punches and and respond. And you know, you saw that in Stillwater, and it carried over in Chapel Hill. And yeah, that, that's a tough pill to swallow because I I really felt like. You know, especially throughout all of Game One and really most of Game Two, uh, right there until North Carolina took the lead, it felt like Arkansas was really in control of that series yeah. in those games. And uh, to give up a lead like that late, uh, you know, you start to think about some of the things that happened in the past. You think about last year where, where Arkansas was closing in on a College World Series berth and, and wound up losing those two games in a row to NC State. Uh, it would be easy for those thoughts to start creeping into their head, but they responded. Uh, they didn't flinch, and, and it's only fitting for Brady Slavens to do what he did. You know, him, Jalen Battles, Caden Moss, or uh, you know, those are guys who uh, were part of that disappointment last year and, you know, wanted to, to come back. Some of them came back for the purpose uh, of trying to get a step further and, and kind of right the wrongs from a season ago. So for a guy like Slavens, who's a big part of that and, and has been a big part of the season this year, even though he's had his share of ups and downs to come through in that moment, uh, was pretty special for him, no doubt. Well, now it is, uh, it's a trip to Omaha for Arkansas, which if you said that a year ago, I don't think many people would have been surprised. That was kind of the expectation a year ago, but it's uh, crazy because I don't think a whole lot of people had much of any expectations going into uh, this postseason, given how Arkansas fared in the last you know, regular season series against Bama. They lose back-to-back games in the SEC tournament to have an early exit, and it's just kind of crazy that this is the team that is going to Omaha and not last year's team. Yeah, it, it's nuts if you think about it. And, you know, then you look at a team like Tennessee who kind of did what Arkansas yeah. did last year. You know, it dominated the entire season and, and fell short in the Super Regional uh, you know, I typically I roll my eyes when I hear the "well, that's baseball" comment, but it's true. You know, at any point, uh, things can click for a team, and, and sometimes you know groups are a lot closer than maybe you think they are, and maybe they're you know than the results show on the field. And clearly, that was the case with Arkansas. You know, the talent's never been in question, uh, but it was putting it all together. You know, pitching, fielding, hitting, all those things together at once. 
and they found a way to do that at the right time. And, and maybe Hoover was a humbling experience for them. Then they were able to get away, uh, you know, for a few days and just kind of reset and refocus. And they look like a completely different team, uh, you know. And, and then you take a look at these brackets here at the College World Series. Um, and with the way Arkansas is pitching right now, you've got to feel pretty good about their chances going into this thing. Uh, it's been a tremendous turnaround, but, you know, they're right where they expected to be and wanted to be at the beginning of the season, and they've got as good of a shot as anybody to make a run here. Talking with Curtis Wilkerson of hogsports.com. Just a, a couple of more things here I want to touch on. Uh, obviously, last week was uh, was a big week for some visits for Arkansas basketball, but they also added uh, Todd Lee to the staff. So what's kind of the latest there in regards to uh, Arkansas men's basketball? Yeah, it's a, a sneaky good pickup there on the coaching staff for the Razorbacks. You know, Todd Lee, uh, just another guy with an immense amount of experience joining the staff. You know, he's he's going to help kind of direct the recruiting efforts and is, is going to serve as a special assistant to Eric Musselman. Uh, you know, guy that won a lot of games as a head coach at, at South Dakota. He you know, was responsible for a lot of the development of Stanley Amude, who you know transferred to Arkansas as a grad this past year, and was tremendous. Uh, you know, he coached all the way back in the '90s in the CBA with Eric Musselman, and, and that relationship has carried over. So, uh, really, a, a great pickup there. It adds a lot of experience and just another good basketball mind to the staff. So, uh, really, an underrated pickup, in my opinion add Todd Lee and then yeah you know we talked about it a couple of really big visitors last week uh Layden Blocker the in-state guy uh you know coming in and and he's a top 40 prospect Arkansas is trying to get this 2023 class started and and kind of make a run like they did in 22 uh this would be a good way to get that ball rolling a little bit he's deciding on July 2nd you know he visited Arkansas had a great visit uh, you know, and then he was supposed to go straight to Kansas. Just two days later, he canceled that visit. And, and usually, when you see something like that, it's a pretty good sign. So, I uh, got to feel pretty decent about where Arkansas is there. And then Ron Holland, uh, you know, big time five star prospects, a top ten guy in the country. A lot of good connections there. Was teammates at Duncanville with Anthony Black. Was teammates on the grassroots circuit with Jordan Walsh. Jordan Walsh served as his player host on the visit, and they, they really rolled out the red carpet for him. He's at Kentucky for an official visit now, but as I understand it, Arkansas really impressed there. So two guys at the very top of the board, Arkansas got him in for visits in June, and uh, and we'll see where that goes. But obviously, uh, anytime you get guys like that on campus, it, it makes you feel pretty good about where you stand, and, and we'll see where it winds up. That was uh, Curtis Wilkerson from earlier in the week getting us caught up on uh, Arkansas baseball and a couple of other things as well. All right, uh, we'll go ahead and take a timeout. We'll come back, close out the show on a Friday after this on the ticket. Our advice, just take the over. I think it's safe to say that I won the bet. More of the setup is coming up next on the Ticket Radio Network. Livestock prices up while grain prices are down. Hello, I'm Scotty Woodson on the EAB Ag Network with your EAB Market Countdown. July corn at 784 and a half down three and three quarters with September corn at 737 and three quarters down four. July soybeans at 1702 down seven and a half with August soybeans at 1622 and a quarter down eight and a half. July wheat at 1034 and a quarter down 44 with September wheat at 1046 and three quarters down 43 and three quarters. July cotton at 143.45 down eight with October cotton at 125.14 down 99. July rice at 1622 down 13 and a half cents. September rice at 1660 down 12 and a half. 
Moving on to livestock now. June live cattle 138.02.5, up 27.5. August live cattle 136.57.5, also up 27.5. August feeder cattle 172.95, up 165. With September feeder cattle 174.80, up 157.5. July lean hogs at 111 even, up 142.5. With August hogs at 107.87.5, up 185. That's your EAB market countdown, and I'm Scotty Woodson. Have a great day. Agriculture is dependent on healthy pollinators. From beetles to flying foxes, geckos, bats, and bees, pollinators pack a mighty punch by helping turn pollen into food. June 20th through 26th is National Pollinator Week, reminding us of the key role all pollinators play in natural habitats and successful crop production. This message is brought to you by Syngenta, committed to protecting the safety and health of pollinators that feed and fuel the world. Jose works on a farm. Safety is important. His boss calls 811 to determine where it's okay to dig. This protects Jose from hitting an underground line and from serious injury. Because Jose can't tell exactly where or how deep the lines are, he doesn't dig until 811 tells him it's safe. The most important thing is that Jose works safe and goes home to his family. For more information, visit farmsafe811.org. A message from the Pipeline Operators Frag Safety Campaign. Hey farmers, WT Equipment in Jonesboro and Pocahontas is open and ready to equip the farmers of Northeast Arkansas. Having a hard time locating available equipment prior to year's end? Do you need to upgrade your tractors, combines, or sprayer to be prepared for the 22 crop year? At WT Equipment, we have both new and pre-owned New Holland T9, T8, T7, and T6 tractors available for sale now, ranging from 125 to 620 horsepower. Both new and pre-owned New Holland CR combines also available now. New Holland SP model sprayers ready to roll now. Be prepared for the 22 crop year. Come see us at WT Equipment in Jonesboro or Pocahontas. To speak with our sales department in Jonesboro, call 870-972-5522. That's 870-972-5522. For Pocahontas, call 870-892-5254. That's 870-892-5254. Or visit our website at wtequip.com. WT Equipment, let's get it done. You love your truck, and Plaza Tire Service is here to help you make it even better with custom wheels, leveling kits, and the area's best selection of light truck tires, ATs, mud tires, and RTs up to 35s and bigger. Plaza Tire Service has the tires you want in stock today, and we'll help you select a great combination that gets your truck exactly the way you want it. In Jonesboro and South Caraway, and now at our newest location on East Johnson Avenue, the biggest selection, the best service, and the lowest prices on light truck tires are at Plaza Tire Service. I was having problems growing grass in my yard. Tried all remedies. Nothing. Finally, Richard Groves from Branching Out Tree Service said my trees weren't allowing grass growth. What? They needed trimming. And yep, trim back the trees, more grass. If you have problem growing grass or you need a tree consultation, contact Richard for a free estimate, 870-847-6040, and he will treat you right. Branching Out Tree Service. Timeout's over, and we're going to the full-court press. Now, let's get back to the setup on the Ticket Radio Network. All right, welcome back here on the setup as we get set to wrap up a Friday edition of the show here on the Ticket Radio Network. Um... Oklahoma has gone up now twelve to three over uh, Texas A and M. 
It was a grand slam by Jack Nicholas. Yes. He he brought out the driver. Yes. Uh for for Oklahoma. So a grand slam in the top of the fourth. Twelve to three is now the score. Oklahoma over uh Texas A and M. So that one is uh that one is getting out of hand. Sooners um, are halfway to the home run cycle. That's a grand slam yes. and a three run shot already today. Yeah. yeah. So uh twelve to three. Oklahoma over uh, Texas A&M right now in the uh, in the College World Series. So some interesting stuff coming out uh, from from uh, Omaha at the moment. Obviously, still one more game to go with uh, Notre Dame or yeah Notre Dame taking yeah. on uh, Texas uh, tonight, which should be a uh, should be a really fun one. Um, going on right now in the in the U.S. Open. Four under is uh, is still the lead at the U.S. Open. And now a four way tie. Okay, so four way tie at the U.S. Open. Um, I have Lingmurth, Taryn, and Morikawa. And add Joel Diamond to that. List. Okay, he is one under for the day. He has just par uh, birdied the fifth, so he is. Now in amongst the leaders. Okay, so I guess maybe the scoring conditions are a little bit more favorable in the late afternoon in Boston uh, because a lot of these uh, a lot of these morning guys did not have uh, much success uh, on the course, but still not like super favorable because that number is at four, and I doubt it gets much past four, maybe five. But uh, I would be surprised if we got anything past uh, past uh, past five. All right, so we talked about it earlier in the show. Um, now, I guess I was just not watching this night. Like, I, there's no way you can watch every single NBA regular season game and keep up with it. Um, there's like, there's just too much going on when the NBA is going on. So uh, it's a whole lot easier with baseball in the summer when nothing is going on. But when the NBA is going on, like it gets tough at times. So I guess I missed the Grizzlies Warriors matchup in in March whenever it was in Memphis. Um, I don't remember anything about it. Uh, but Chris tweeted in and said the Grizzlies beat the Warriors 123 to 95. That was the only matchup they had in March. The Warriors played without Steph, Clay, Draymond, and Otto Porter Jr., and the Grizzlies were without Ja and Jaron Jackson. And so after that game was the game where Jaron Jackson tweeted out strength in numbers, and that was when Clay Thompson, or that was the thing Clay Thompson got mad about. So. Clay Thompson was mad about something Jaron Jackson tweeted in a game that neither of them played in. So mad that he had to bring it up in his uh, post-game press conference last night. So that does seem a little uh, a little soft on, on Clay's part. I mean, he didn't even play in the game that the Warriors lost, and he is mad because another player who didn't play in the game tweeted something about said game after it was over. So uh, it'll be interesting to see... Um, when the Grizzlies and the Warriors play uh, play next year in the regular season, how much uh, animosity there is on uh, on both sides? Because Jaw's already fired up the Twitter machine. Jaron quite hasn't gotten there yet, but Jaw's definitely uh, been firing up the uh, the Twitter machine over the last uh, couple couple of days. Um, so that'll be an interesting story to follow once uh, the NBA season starts up next year. Um, 
Right now, two games going on in Major League Baseball. Full slate of uh, MLB games coming up uh, tonight as the Cardinals begin a three-game series on the road at Fenway Park in Boston. 6-10 is the first pitch tonight. Uh, Adam Wainwright versus Michael Waka. That'll be heard over on uh, 95-9 The Wolf as that three-game set gets underway uh, tonight up in um uh, up in Fenway. Red Sox are coming off, by the way, of a loss to one of the worst teams in baseball yesterday. They lost 4-3 to three to the uh, Oakland Athletics yesterday. Uh, so they are coming off of a loss coming into this series. Also, some interesting news uh, about the MLB that was out earlier today um, where we've already seen some of the games, I guess it was in London, where... We saw the MLB go for a couple of years that obviously with COVID and everything, uh, that, oh, yeah. that nicks the whole London idea for a few years. Now, Cubs Cardinals is going to be in London, I think like next July or next June, something like that. Um, so we do know that the London series is coming back, but now apparently, the MLB is talking about playing games in Paris as well in 2025, uh, and apparently the Yankees reached out to the MLB saying they wanted to be in the Paris game in 2025, uh, so it would be the the first MLB game in, in Paris coming up in 2025, so that is uh, cool to see as the MLB continues to uh, expand globally uh, with with games now, I guess, in, uh, in both... London and and uh, Paris coming up in uh, 2025. So that was something that came out uh, earlier today uh, as the Yankees said they want to uh, want to be a part of that game in 2025. So that should be uh, interesting to uh, to follow along with. Uh right now Bottom of the fourth, Oklahoma up 12-4 to still over Texas A&M. Leadoff homer for the Aggies in the bottom of the fourth. Okay, so we got a leadoff homer from Texas A&M as well. There's, like, I'm not saying the baseballs are juiced. I'm just saying there's been a lot of runs scored in this game, um, at least early on. Uh, Oklahoma's hit, what, uh, two home runs now? And A&M yes. has, has a home run as well. So uh, the, ball is, uh, the ball is traveling today at, um, in, in Omaha. But it was crazy because in the second inning where Oklahoma scored seven, I don't know that a ball left the infield. It was... Uh, a lot of either soft or hard contact on ground balls, and uh, Oklahoma was able to get seven across there in that uh, in that inning. So uh, that game continues to be just uh, continues to be yeah. wonky and crazy. Yeah, that seventh uh, second inning, a walk and an HBP didn't help matters much. Uh, okay, so I guess it, was that when A uh, and M committed their lone error as well was in the second uh, inning. See uh, that I believe, Kay. That one came in the fourth. Okay. Uh, strikeout swinging, bunt single, E one, walked the load to bases, and then Nicholas went driver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jackson Nicholas. Uh, yeah, but apparently no relation to the to the Golden Bear. I would venture to guess one of his parents is a big fan of Jack Nicholas. Uh, wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> either that, either. They're a big fan, or they've never heard of Jack Nicholas. It's one of the two. I lean former. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> I think I would too. That they're they're a big fan. By the uh, way, uh, the game later this evening will feature the gold, the Dick Hauser Trophy winner Ivan Melendez of Texas, uh, thirty-two homers, ninety-one RBI to lead. Uh, both those numbers wow. led Division One this season. 
not bad not um not bad at all uh pretty good uh, pretty good regular season numbers i i am looking forward to uh to texas and uh and notre dame tonight um just for the that would be a far more interesting baseball game or a football game than it is baseball, but it's still interesting because of the brands. But anyways, all right, that does it for us today. The Drive with Brad Bobo is next from 3 to 6. Full weekend of programming. Get you back to the front row with Budrow, 7 to 10 Monday, 10 to 12 Red Wolf Roll Call. 12 to 2, it's the Workday Red Zone. Get you back to us Monday from 2 to 3. So for well, I'm Cade. So long. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday.